Okay, so <clears throat> I, some of you guys know that I was on a uh, wilderness intensive in Montana. I just got back from a week-long uh, intensive this week. You're supposed to say, oh. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> because it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was very tough. But I made it. I'm here. And uh, I got a lot of stories. I got, oh, thanks for that splattering applause. <laughs> so glad that I survived. Um, I'm dry. Hang on. But I do have one story that I'd like to share this morning with you because I do believe it's a great analogy for what we're going to talk about today. So it was the last day, seven days in the wilderness. I got 40 pounds on my back. I am weak. I'm exhausted. And I got my two trekking poles. And I didn't know, but we were probably about an hour, a little bit longer from being done. And I didn't know because they kept saying, just around the corner, we'll be done. Just a few more steps and it's going to be over. They lie to you when you're on the trail. I'm not kidding. So anyway, I'm like, whatever. And I'm just going. And all I could think of is, I just want to sit down. I just want to just rest my weary bones for 10 minutes. But no, we're not sitting down. We're almost done. We're almost done. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Oh, God, my God. So I'm going and I'm going. And the trail's about, about this wide. And up this way is, is Upward Mountain and obviously downward here. And uh, I've got the, the pack on and I'm going and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want just, to just rest just for a minute. And then I thought I heard something. And I looked up the mountain and I stopped. Well, first of all, let me tell you. Sorry. <laughs> first of all, let me tell you, the, the, most of the group had already gone in front of me. Because I ain't going to lie, I was, I was the slowest. I'm, I'm not going to be too proud to tell you. I was the slowest, and I was in the back, but I did have three superhuman men who were behind me trying to keep me from setting down. And anyway, so we're, we're, we're walking along, and, and I look up, and I stopped, and all I could say was, oh, my God, that's a bear. <laughs> And the guy, uh, Alex, beside me, he was the instructor, he heard me say that he looked up and he just immediately stood in front of me and flanked out and he went, get back behind me, get back behind me. And I got my back on and there's downward and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall. What, you're pushing me? And then, and then I got my balance and the other guys ran up beside me and then they started getting real big and going, ah! And... Because, see, we, we, knew, we knew we were, had been instructed what to do. When, if we saw a bear, but of course we're not going to see a bear. Because they're all over the place, but we're not going to see them because, see, they don't like humans. So, you know, everywhere we went, we're like, hey, 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 hey. And so the, the bears go away. Well, apparently we were just, like, suffering in silence. So the bear decided to come up. And, uh, of course, we see this bear. And so... Uh, we knew what to do, and it was called an acronym called SPRAY. So S were to stand, not run away, because you don't want them chasing you. So you just stand. And P, you are to prepare. 
So prepare means I grab my can of bear spray off my chest and R is ready. So I take that lock off and A, you'd think it's aim, but it's not. A is act human. Let them know you're human. Make noise and let them know you're human. And then Y is yield. Simply stand your ground. Don't run away. So we knew this, and we're all like, okay. And so, the, so, I, so they're all screaming, and nobody's pulling their spray out. And I'm like, I got to pull my spray out. And so I pull my spray out, and I'm like, I got to take this thing off. And I'm trying to get the, and it is a lot harder than they, than they tell you. And I'm trying to take that lock off, and they're all going, ah! And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to scream, I, you, if you've ever had a dream where you can't run, but you need to run, well, this is my dream. I need to scream, but I couldn't scream. I'm like, I love Jesus. And I finally get the thing off, and I'm going like this. And the bear literally is looking straight at us. And he starts to take a couple of steps towards us. And I'm ah! and everybody else is going, ah! And then he stops, he stares at us. We're standing there, we're screaming, we're being big. And then he turns around and he starts to walk away and he takes one, one last look and we go, ah! <laughs> and then he turns around and he just saunders off into the woods. And Alex's like, let go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And all I could think about was, I don't want to sit down. You want to sit down? I don't want to sit down. Uh, who wanted to sit down? That's stupid. I ain't sitting down. <sighs> and pretty soon we got off the trail. So that's my story. That's my bear story. It is, thank you. It, <laughs> it's not a bear tale. It's a real story. And uh, don't you just want to know, what does that have to do with the scripture? All right, let's figure it out. First Peter chapter 4 is where we're at. Let's look at verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. We've been studying First Peter and it's been about suffering and how they were getting ready to suffer more. Um, but we... We, this is to us today. And, you know, the Jews never expected their Messiah to come and suffer. They thought he was going to come and be the king, and he is going to come and be the king. But the first time, he was going to come and suffer and die. Die for us and rise again the third day. And thank God that he did that. Because we have salvation today because of what Jesus decided to do. For us. And this scripture is telling us that we're to have the same attitude as Christ did with, this, with his suffering. Um, it says that we are to arm ourselves. The Passion Translation says that we are to be prepared as a soldier. A soldier, I think about a soldier. A soldier basically dies to himself. He, he lives for that uniform. He's living for our country. He's going to, 
He's willing to die. He's willing to suffer. She's willing to die. She's willing to suffer. They're willing to do whatever it takes because they know what they're doing it for. Right? They know where their allegiance lies. They're committed beforehand. We're called to be readied, to be trained with our minds fixed. Because you know what? When something happens, when a, we have to have a decision made before the time comes, before the situation happens. Because when the situation happens, then we're more likely to make our decision based on our feelings than the facts. Is that right or not? Right? Don't we tell our kids, make a decision. Know what you're going to do in this situation. Because if you don't, your feelings are going to make that decision for you. If they hadn't told me what to do with that bear, I'd have been running down that trail and I would not be here today, most likely. But I was ready because I was told what the proper thing to do was. So I had my mind fixed on what the facts were and that's what I was gonna do. Let's look at two and three. As a result, because you're, you're readied, because you, you're committed, because you have the same attitude as Christ, as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans choose to do. You've done that, y'all. We've done that. We've been there. We don't need to do that anymore. We know who saved us. We know what he's done in our lives. We know what he can do, right? So we fix our eyes. And let me tell you, if you haven't been walking with the Lord long enough to say, well, I, I really don't have those kind of stories, then all you need to do is look around and ask a few people here. Amen? And we'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you some stories. I'll tell you some things that God saved me from, and you can claim that for yourself. Because our God is the same God, and he loves you, and he wants to do something magnificent and transformational in your life. If you're too shy to do that, then pick this up. All the way from Genesis to Revelation, this is a love story. This is a book above, of stories of where God of the universe is chasing after you. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter what the people continue to do. He continues to love us all the way to death on the cross. So that is why I'm readied. That is why I want to commit because my eyes are fixed on the eternal. This life is too short, y'all. It is too short to be living for this life. I want to live for the eternal because that is a long time. Right on? 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen, now that's eternal. There's, um, it's interesting when you read, especially in Peter, he, 
he gives a couple different um, reactions of people. When we do live like that, when we do live like I see what I want, I see what God's given me, I'm going to live for that. When we do that, when we obey, when we radically obey God, people will respond. The world will take notice. And in uh, chapter 3, Pastor David probably mentioned this last week in uh, verse 15. It gives us one of those ways that people will respond. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. That is pretty cool. And I have had people ask me, how do you do this? How do you do what you're doing knowing what's going on at home? Have you ever had anybody say to you, why are you so happy all the time? Or, you know what, I noticed you never have any anxiety. Like, what is up with you? Why, why is this, what, why do you just get up in every morning? That's pretty cool because then that gives us the opportunity to say, well, let me tell you about my Jesus, Right? But in chapter 4, he gives us another reaction that people are going to have. And that's what we're going to kind of sit on today. Look in verse 4. It says, they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living. And they heap abuse on you. Wow. Wow. Just because I don't join in, just because I don't agree with you, you're going to heap abuse on me? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of that. I've experienced some of that. Have you? Have, all you have to do is turn TV on. People doing the right thing, yet, at, well, here, the Passion Version says it like this, because you don't join in, they will vilify you. They'll make you the villain. They'll accuse you of doing something wrong just because you don't agree. Second, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says, live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers even though they accuse you of being an evildoer. Are you kidding me? Accuse me of being an evildoer, even though I'm doing the right thing? Just because I don't agree with you, just because I don't do what you do. But don't miss out what it says in the beginning, as you mix with unbelievers. We're called to stand, y'all. We're not called to run away. We're not called to hide our head in the sand. We're called to stand, and we're called to act human. Hey, here we are, believers in Christ. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to check my perspective. And I'm going to act like I'm a believer. 4.14 says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. What in the world? I'm insulted, I'm called an evildoer, I'm made to be the villain, I've got abuse heaped on me. 
It's only going to get worse. Are you ready? The only way we can do it is because we see the eternity. This is too short. So how do we respond to their reaction to us? Oh, there's a lot of different responses. But what does the word say? 1 Peter chapter 4, 7. Let's go to verse 7. The end of all things is near. Oh, it's just getting better. The end of all things is near. Therefore, because things are near, because this life is so short, therefore be alert and be sober-minded so you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's interesting. He says, first of all, he goes back to your perspective, back to being ready. Be sober and alert. And he, he gives us four things. I'm a very practical person. I look for the one, two, three, four. Give me the one, two, three, four, and I will, I will do that. And so that's what we're looking at today. Um, so first of all is the attitude. Time is near. Let's be intentional. Let's be purposeful. Let's be self-controlled. Let's be prepared. You got to be prepared. You got to know the word. And then the first thing he says to do is pray. Pray. Man, you know what? If the time is near and people are heaping abuse on me, I'm going to my God. I got to talk to him. And guess what? Prayer is a two-way conversation in case you didn't know. You need to sit in his presence and you need to listen to what he has to say. Oh, my goodness. He has a lot to say. And he does talk to us today. If you believe in the Lord, if you have a relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit lives in you. It's what my Bible tells me. And if he's in there, he's going to talk to you. So let's listen. So let's talk to him. Let's listen. Let's be connected. We got to be connected. The second thing is love. Just going to sit on this one just for a minute. It says uh, that we should, let me see, what does it say? Love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. In another translation, it says, keep on loving. And so I decided to look into that. Like, what, what is the Greek word for that? And the Greek uh, uh, word for us would be echo. Echo, to keep on, echo. We should echo God's love in response to people heaping abuse on us. Echoing his love. Have you ever heard an echo? It says the exact same thing, right? It says it the way, it says it the tone, it says it the length, it, it is an echo. It is a complete, re, re, there you go. It completely copies what the first person said. So um, 
recently, fairly recently, uh, someone in my family has decided that he is going to do something that is contrary to the, what the Bible says. And it was very shocking, to say the least, and very hurtful. Uh, but what got really hurtful is when he demanded that I agree with him. And it was very difficult because I love him. But I love God more. So I said, I can't, I can't agree with you, honey. I'm sorry. I can't agree with you. And he, he heaped abuse. He vilified me. Ah, oh, you hate me. You're a terrible person. This is, this is what I want to do. You ought to, you ought to support me. I didn't know what to do, honestly. I remember driving down 290, and I was just saying, I prayed. <laughs> I prayed, and I said, God, everybody says, just love. But how do you love when it gets hard? Again, I'm a practical person. Tell me how to do this. I was driving down 290. I said, Lord, you're going to have to tell me how to do this because I don't know how to do this. This is new to me. I don't know how to do this. Tell me how to love but honor you. And he said, 2 Timothy. And I know it was God because I was like, what is that book about again? Like, I know it's a letter from Paul to Timothy, but, you know. So as soon as I got home, I got into 2 Timothy, and I started reading. And when it got to these verses, it was like, oh. 2 Timothy 2, starting with verse 23. God knows I need a step-by-step. -step. What do I do? What do I not do? And he said this. And I'll read it in the Passion Version translation because it just says exactly what I needed at that time. Stay away from foolish arguments of the immature, for these disputes will only generate more conflict. For a true servant of the Lord Jesus will not be argumentative but gentle towards all and skilled in helping others see the truth, having great patience towards the immature. Then with meekness, you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that they see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought back to the truth. And this will cause them to rediscover themselves and escape from the snare of Satan who has caught him in his trap so that they would carry out his purposes. Holy cow. Did God answer my prayer? If I'm to be God's echo, then I'm not going to argue. I'm going to be gentle, but I am going to be skilled in telling the truth. I'm going to do it patiently, 
and with meekness or humility because I know it's not me. It's got to be God. And that scripture tells me if I'm, if I'm not argumentative, if I'm gentle, if I'm skilled in telling the truth, if I'm patient and I'm humble, then they're going to see the, God's gift. They're going to repent and they're going to escape Satan's trap because you know what? We don't fight against flesh and blood. Why are we mad at people? We should be mad at the enemy who's deceiving them. We should be mad at the guy who has got them in a trap. They're the victim. We have the truth. We have the lifeline. Let's act like it. We're so worried about being our, the best version of ourselves that we forget we're not a version of us. We're a version of him. We're supposed to echo him. Oh, man, you know what? Sometimes in our culture, even our American Christian culture, we're taught we support our family or our children no matter what. Oh, baby, I'm with you, baby girl, no matter what. I'm right there on your side no matter what. And that sounds really great. But not when they're not on God's side. It's not. Because that's not, that's not what the Scripture tells me. Ah. Here's what the scripture tells me. In Matthew 10, 37, if you don't believe me, write it down, look it up. It says that if you do not love God over your family, over your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and your kids and everybody, then you cannot be his disciple. I didn't say it. He said it. He said it. I just want to honor him. I want to honor him again because I know what he did in my life. I know what he saved me from. By golly, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My allegiance is to you. Heap abuse on me. Okay, I'm going to run to God because he's my comfort. Because I care enough about you to love you and tell you the truth, but I'm going to do it in love. I'm going to do it in patience. I'm going to do it in kindness. I'm going to do it with great respect because I want you to hear me. We can't run away, but we can't run up to the bear either and start wagging our finger and shaking our fist. That's not what God tells us to do. But we do have to stand, we do have to be prepared. The next verse is 2 Timothy 3.1. And you have to remember, this was a letter written. This wasn't broken into chapters. This was a letter written. The very next sentence says, there will be terrible times in the last days. This, I, I realized that 2 Timothy and 1 Peter were written about the same time, between 60 and 64 A.D. If if the last days were near then, 2,000 years ago. How close do you think it is today? Maybe upon us? How prepared do we need to be? The Passion Version says, the culture will be fierce. 
think that's an apt description, will be fierce. So I think about the bear. I'm not going to run up on the bear and tweak it in its nose and tell it, he'll maul me. But I'm also not going to run away from him either. I'm going to stand my ground because I'm prepared. I have the truth. I have the Holy Spirit. And I want to see people free. I don't want to just convince them. I want, to, I want the Holy Spirit to convince them. Because I, I want to love I don't remember who said it, I read it, I heard it, I can't remember. But recently I heard the most profound thing that you can do in 2023 is worship God and obey Him. Wow. Who thought? Just worship Him and obey Him. <laughs> See what happens. But be ready for it. Because suffering and radical obedience will equal sanctification. Sanctification is our transformation into who Jesus was like. That's what I want. That's what we're called to. Sanctification. So pray, love, be hospitable, and use your gifts to serve. We're going to close with Verse 12, starting with verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trial and ordeal that has come upon to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Don't be surprised. God will rest on you. Bless him, honor him. And the only way that I see you can do that or I can do that is found in verse 19. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and God. The Greek transliteration for commit, commit themselves. I'm not even going to attempt to say the word because I wouldn't get it right right now. But the meaning is to entrust, to set before, deposit, enfold into. That's beautiful. I think about when someone makes bread, you know, you, get, you got that dough, you know, and you fold it over. And then you push it down and you fold it again. You're, you keep enfolding it into itself. You can't separate any of those ingredients. It becomes one. That's what God is calling us to do. Commit ourselves to Him. Be enfolded into Him. Become one with Him. And that is the only way we'll be able to echo His love. Is allow Him to live through us. It's the only way to face this fierce culture. I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to come up.
Do we have a prayer team today? All right. And um, I just want you to, to think we're going we're gonna to worship. And I want you to think about this because I believe with all my heart there's people here today who, who've run away. I'm not going to face that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not, that's their deal. That's their business. Hey, you signed up for war. And your weapon is love. Let's use it. We got to stand. There's other people who have run right up to that bear and wagged their finger and posted that post. There you go. And that's not of God either. It's not what God's going to use. And some of us are just trying the best we can to be enfolded, and we just need more grace. These people up here are ready to pray for you. If you need to repent of running up into somebody's face, if you need to repent from not standing, if you need to repent because you're not prepared, if you, if you just need some more grace, it's so good to have somebody pray for you. You're not alone. We're all in this together. And you know what? Some of you might be sitting out there saying, I'm not even on that team. I don't, but man, I want to stand for something, right? Well, come on up. We'll introduce you to Jesus. So let's stand up and let's pray. Let's worship. Let's be available for whatever God wants us to do. Lord Jesus, we're just coming before you right now. God, we're open. We're honest. We're saying, Lord, this is yours. This life is yours. God, we want to echo you. We don't want to echo this world anymore. Lord, we need you. We want to love the way that you want us to love. Make us faithful to you not to someone else first and foremost to you teach us Lord how to stand and when we've done all we can do help us stand <laughs>